Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Do Hongyu. Coming up in this edition, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has discussed the Black Sea grain deal in a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin. ECOWAS says it'll only intervene in Niger to restore deposed President Mohamed Bizoma as a last resort. And former U.S. President Donald Trump is due to appear in court on charges of allegedly plotting to overturn the 2020 election result. Starting Europe, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is calling for Russia to return to the Black Sea Green Deal in a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Putin reiterated Moscow's position that it'll rejoin only if its conditions are met. Ukrainian grain exports have fallen by 40 percent after Russia last month pulled out of the deal brokered by Turkey and the United Nations a year ago. Meantime, Russian drones have continued to target Ukrainian ports and grain storage facilities. In the latest attack, a drone strike hit port facilities and Ismail on the river Danube near Romania. Mihal Bartovic reports. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan held a phone conversation with his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin. The main topic on the agenda was the recently suspended Black Sea Grain Initiative. On July 17th, Moscow refused to extend the deal which was brokered by Turkey and the United Nations between Ukraine and Russia. The initiative allowed for the safe passage of exports from Ukraine's Black Sea ports. Though there are no Western sanctions specifically imposed on Russian exports of food and fertilizers, Moscow has argued that restrictions on payments, logistics and insurance have created obstacles for their exports. Following the call between Erdogan and Putin, the Kremlin stated that Moscow would return to the deal as soon as the West actually fulfills all the obligations to Russia concerning the agreement. According to the Turkish Presidency's Communication Directorate, Erdogan emphasized the importance of avoiding actions that would escalate tensions during the Russia-Ukraine conflict during the call. It was also noted that Erdogan stressed that grain prices increased by about 15 percent in the past two weeks, which was especially critical for lower-income countries dependent on grain. Erdogan also stated that Ankara would continue its efforts to restore the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Turkey also confirmed that the two leaders had agreed Russian President Vladimir Putin would be visiting Turkey in late August, but no exact date was confirmed. That was Mihal Bartovic reporting from Turkey. Moving on to Africa, Niger's military leader has denounced the sanctions imposed by the West African Regional Bloc and warned against foreign meddling and military intervention. The warning comes as defense chiefs of ECOWAS meet in Nigeria to discuss the situation in Niger. ECOWAS has said it will only intervene in Niger to restore deposed President Mohamed Bizoma as a last resort. European countries continue to evacuate their citizens from Niger following a coup in the West African nation. Deji Badamose reports from Lagos. Despite its threats to use force to restore democracy in Niger if necessary, ECOWAS is still playing the diplomatic card. It sent a former military leader of Nigeria, Abdus Salami Abubakar, to Niamey to negotiate with the coup leaders, urging them to back down and reinstate President Bazoum. At the same time, the bloc is piling more economic pressure on Niger. Nigeria has cut off electricity supplies to the country. Cote d'Ivoire has also suspended all imports and exports to Niger. More actions are expected to follow in the coming days and weeks 
if General Abdurrahmani Triani and his men refuse to restore the civilian government. Meanwhile, the military junta has reopened its land and air border with Mali, Burkina Faso, Algeria, Chad and Libya. A junta delegation is in Mali seeking the support of that country's military regime. France, in the meantime, has continued to evacuate its citizens from the country after its embassy there came under attack. Over 250 have already been evacuated and have arrived safely in Paris. So the situation in Niger remains fluid. The new military regime has arrested a number of ministers and continues to detain President Bazoum in the presidential palace. That was Deji Badamosi reporting from Nigeria. In North America, security has been beefed up around the U.S. Capitol in preparation for former President Donald Trump's appearance in a Washington court. Trump is expected to be arraigned on federal charges on Thursday over alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. Law enforcement agencies have been working to ensure the safety of the former U.S. president and the public. Benji Heyer has more. Washington, D.C. is no stranger to high-profile cases. This is a big one. The United States versus Donald J. Trump, the former U.S. president, turning up here at 4 p.m. on Thursday, where he will be arraigned his third indictment this year alone. Already, you can see media gathering ahead of what is a potential circus and frenzy of reporters covering this historic event. And given the fact there'll be so many people here, protesters, counter-protesters, as there was in Miami and New York, where Donald Trump was arraigned earlier this year, it is likely that there will be police and law enforcement on high alert too. They're saying they're working in coordination with each other to ensure that this space is safe on Thursday for residents. There will be road closures in and around this area as well as those by the U.S. Capitol where there has been a security alert on Wednesday afternoon. That, of course, the scene of the January 6th riot at the crux of this investigation, which alleges that Donald Trump conspired to defraud the United States, illegally trying to overturn that election result that he lost to Joe Biden. I'm standing in a space now, if I take you around, where, as I said before, media have gathered, and it's looking quite quiet and modest at the moment, but it's expected to be a furious frenzy of activity. And as Former President uh, Donald Trump turns up here to be arraigned and to face these charges. He maintains his innocence and he faces not just this investigation, but many other compounding legal woes as he vies for the Oval Office again. That was Benji Heyer from Washington. In Canada, the country is dealing with its worst wildfire season on record as more than a thousand fires rage across the country. Hundreds of blazes are deemed as out of control, and firefighters have been battling the blazes for months. Dan Williams has the latest from Alberta. Oh, and then you're coming this is Alberta's Wildfire Coordination Centre in Edmonton, Canada. It's the nerve centre for the province's firefighting operations. Authorities are currently monitoring more than 100 fires. Staff here prioritise resources, from crew to hardware to air response, in order to tackle the many blazes. Christy Tucker is the information unit manager for Alberta Wildfire. We haven't seen a wildfire season like this. The people here in this room and in uh, fire centres across the province have been fighting since the end of April, early May, some very large, very intense wildfires that have sustained for, for a very long time. 
There have been hundreds of wildfires across Canada this summer, burning more than 12 million hectares of land in the process. Smoke from the fires has swept across North America, at times severely impacting air quality in cities as far away as New York and Washington, D.C. And then there are the dangers faced by the firefighters. So far, three firefighters in Canada have been killed in the line of duty. Although the intensity of the wildfires across Alberta has lessened in recent days, staff at this coordination centre are watching conditions closely. And with good reason, August is historically one of the most active months for wildfires in Canada. We know we have months to go before the end of wildfire season. Now this is the time of year where we're starting to see uh, more fire danger down south. So even though it's been a tough, tough few months, we know that the season isn't over and we need to pace ourselves and be prepared to fight what's ahead of us. And with further hot weather forecast, more challenges remain. That was Dan Williams reporting from Canada. Moving on to Asia, China's Meteorological Administration says most regions in the country will continue to experience high temperatures and heavy rains this month. The administration also released its first annual report on climate change in polar regions. Sun Ye has details. China's meteorological authorities are cautioning that for the month of August, China could see more extreme heat, more rainfall, and more tropical cyclones that could further evolve into typhoons. Jia Xiaolong, the deputy director for China, uh, China's National Climate Center, has said that they are cautioning uh, heavy rainfalls and secondary disasters for large parts of China for the month of August. And then this July is also recorded as the hottest month ever uh, globally and China's meteorological authorities is also uh, releasing its first ever report on climate change in polar areas and Zhang Xinying one of the officials with the CMA has said they have found that polar areas have seen a significant uh, temperature change that's including the Arctic area which has seen uh, temperature rise faster than the global average they have also found a significant decrease in sea ice in, and then they have also found a higher concentration of greenhouse gases in those areas. That was Sun Ye reporting. In the Middle East, unprecedented heat has forced the Iranian government to declare a two-day nationwide public holiday. Exxon Kivani has more. Iran's government announced two days of public holidays due to the extreme heat wave in the country ordering all government agencies, schools and banks to close. It's a rare decision taken by the government as soaring temperatures threaten public health and strain the country's power grid. Uh, the health ministry says uh, the number of heat-related illnesses in the recent days is alarming. The ministry has also asked people to take extra care of children and senior citizens. Uh, according to the announcement by the ministry, all hospitals are on alert to treat citizens suffering from heat stroke. Uh, the temperature is expected to reach 51 degrees Celsius in some cities in southern and central parts of the country. This summer is the hottest one we've had so far. The heat affects our jobs, our commuting, and other things. I lose a lot of energy. Our cooling systems just can't keep up with this heat wave. Compared to last summer, this year is much hotter. In my university, we had to stay inside the buildings when we had a break. 
because the campus was so hot. According to the state's news agency, the situation is more serious in southeastern province of Sistan and Baluchistan, where around 1,000 people have received the hospital treatment in the recent days because of rising temperatures and uh, dust storms. Uh, after the government's decision, the Iran Football League organization said uh, the competition for match week one, which was supposed to start on Thursday and Friday, has been cancelled. The Ministry of Energy has also asked people to minimize their consumption of power. Uh, in the central city of Yazd, a considerable number of people are fleeing to the countryside to escape the heat. That was Ehsan Kivani reporting from Iran. Before we go, here's a recap of the top stories. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has discussed the Black Sea Green Deal in a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin. ECOWAS says it will only intervene in Niger to restore deposed President Mohamed Bizoma as a last resort. And former U.S. President Donald Trump is due to appear in court on charges of allegedly plotting to overturn the 2020 election result. That concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Do Hongyu. Thank you for listening.